0: So we want to go ahead and uh, begin welcoming everybody that's joining us right now. Uh, I know we got a, we got a few viewer, viewers with us. Um, and um, uh, we just want to welcome all of you uh, to our, um, our live conversation uh, regarding fear once again. So um, today we have with us Andrew and Jason once again. Um, and uh, just want to, want to welcome both Andrew and Jason as well as Everybody else that is going to be joining us that's going to be having this conversation with us. Um, if you are joining us on on YouTube. Um, please feel free to give us a, uh, a shout out just uh, let us know that you're with us. Uh, tell us happy Sabbath. Good afternoon, whatever it is. Um, and we just want to make sure that uh, that we're all in here together. We also want to uh, integrate you into this conversation. Uh, eventually, as we continue exploring this very important topic on fear. Um, So, again, we want to welcome everyone. Uh, I just want to welcome, first and foremost, um, our respective churches. So, uh, we have Inland Spanish and we also have High Desert Bilingual. Um, As a quick announcement for those who are watching on the Inland Spanish YouTube page, um, we are going to be um, live streaming another conversation after this in Spanish. Así que en español lo voy a anunciar. Después de esto, a las cinco y media, tenemos una conversación con la doctora Lissette Ponce de León, perdón, con la psicóloga Lissette Ponce de León y ella va a estar con nosotros hablando un poquito de la ansiedad, de las cosas emocionales, de la salud mental. Y eso va a suceder a las cinco Pero ahorita, pues, tenemos una conversación en inglés para los jóvenes de las respectivas iglesias. So going back to English, just uh, very quickly, um, uh, Andrew, uh, Jason, uh, just give us an introduction here, um, and just uh, uh, just let us know, um, you know, again, who you are, where you're from, uh, you know, and that way we can begin.
1: Uh, hey, my name is Andrew. I'm on the on the English side of the High Desert. Um, church, work as an elder, work with the young people there. Um, uh, In this introduction, I kind of wanted to say something that that was on my mind. I know that uh, me, Mitch, and Jason have been passionate about this for a very long time. And one of the things, I don't know, for those of you guys that know me, I'm a very, how would you say, and all of us, I would say, where uh, <laughs> at, at certain points we rant, we like to rant, and I think that that's something that brings us all to get, together here. You know, anybody that knows uh, knows me and my and my Sabbath school. Sometimes they have to tell me to be quiet, but I love that we have this avenue where we can get together, and I think all of us have that in common where we just love to to talk about these topics. And and uh, yeah, I
0: just absolutely. And let me just add on to that. It'll be great when we don't have to do it through Zoom and we can literally just all three of us be together. Yes. at the table, So that, that's gonna happen hopefully after the age of coronavirus. That's the way yeah. I see it. Jason, what's up? Let us know a little bit about you.
2: All right, guys. Um, so um, like you're just saying, my name is Jason. Um, I am the Pathfinder Director at High Desert Bilingual, but I've also been um, also part of the youth committee and I've, I've worked all, the, since I can remember, I've worked with uh, the youth at that church and also with you know, when I was in college, I worked with the youth out there. So. Um this is something that like the guy said that all three of us are passionate about. It's something that we really enjoy doing and and uh, I really hope that it's beneficial not just for us but for you guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely appreciate that. By the way, we just wanna we did ask for a shout-out. So we're just gonna make sure we recognize the people that, that did give us a shout-out back uh to Lucelli's uh Chris, Chris. We gotta get Chris Lopez on onto this live stream at some point. So <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, you know, happy Sabbath <laughs> for your dad. Absolutely. Um, uh, this is my mother-in-law, your mother-in-law as well. Uh, Maria Ramirez is on, okay, Andrew's mother-in-law as well. And uh, I see Rosie on here and her family. So uh, we want to welcome everyone that's joining us today. Um, as, as you know, this is uh, fear part two. And we're telling this the Gethsemane experience because there's a lot of things that are going on at that moment. But before we begin and we start exploring this, uh, we want to begin with a word of prayer. So Jason, want to lead us with, um, with a prayer here?
2: Yeah, guys, uh, let's go ahead. If you guys can all join me for prayer, uh, let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, first of all, for another day of life. Now, Lord, as we're about to dive into your word, as we're about to talk uh, talk more about you, Lord, um, let it be your words that that are, that are spoken through us. And let this be a topic that, that um, enlightens us and that teaches us more about you and about ourselves. I ask for all these things in your name, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. Um, So uh, we began last week uh, having a discussion on fear. And um, as you know, uh, the reason why we uh, started talking about fear is because of the times that we're living in. It seems as if this problem is not going anywhere anytime soon. And I ran into a problem, don't know about you guys, uh, but I ran into a problem where I didn't even know what day it was anymore. Like, it's just getting really weird, right? I was like, oh yeah, yesterday. And it wasn't yesterday. It had happened like three days before that. Um, So things are getting really weird. Uh, Things are also kind of getting scary, especially for the people out there in the East Coast, in some of these hotspot cities, right? Like New York, um, Florida, the state of Florida, uh, New Orleans I hear is pretty bad. And we're expecting to get a wave out here in California. Um, And so fear is in the mind of people. And last week, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, right? Last week, we started talking about fear, what the Bible has to say about it, and specifically how we can overcome some of this. But uh, right at the end, we opened it to questions. And there were some good questions, questions about David, right? Whether or not he felt fear. Uh, but there was one question that we promised to come back to. And that's that's really why we're doing this right now, uh, because we did promise to discuss this question. And... The question was, did Jesus fear, right? Did Jesus feel fear? And um, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump straight into this question. And for those of you who are watching us, and again, thank you for joining us. um, We've already had a kind of heated discussion about what happened with Jesus. So this should be good. And I'm hoping uh, that all of you uh, get something out of this. Uh, we don't want you to hear one voice. We want, we really want you to hear three different opinions on this. So, uh, I'm just going to throw the question out there. Let's begin. Here's the question. Talking about fear. Did Jesus fear? Did Jesus feel fear? Who wants to give it a shot? I'll
1: go, I'll go first. (laughs) since we were talking about, we were going over this, uh, uh, last night and it, it seemed like it was two against one. So I was kind of taking, I was was trying to try to dodge both of you guys. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I want yeah, um, the original question that, that you said you were gonna give was did Jesus fear in Gethsemane? And I and I talked to, to you about opening it, did Jesus fear, right? From in general. In right? general, in general. In, in general. And and the reason why I wanted to bring that up because I wanted us to start to get to uh, thinking a little bit deeper about this, right? Cause when we think about did Jesus fear, the first the immediate answer, right? Well, for for most of us, or, you know, we, we say, no, of course, Jesus didn't fear, right? Jesus was perfect. He was the son of God, right? From that perspective, you know, we, we say, oh no, of course Jesus didn't fear. Right. And, um, when we look in scripture, it doesn't seem like anywhere in scripture, we can find the words Jesus was afraid or Jesus feared, right? There's nowhere where we find those words. And I think when we look at the scriptures, it's important for us to, um, kind of reading context and trying to try to extract some of these things i, I want to give you an example right um, many of the people that uh, you know many people that i guess uh how would you say it? that uh, one of the biggest criticisms criticism against christians right is that uh jesus did jesus claim that he was god you know one of the biggest things they say is oh jesus never said that he was god right and of course mm-hmm. you can never you can't find anywhere in scripture that jesus plainly says hey i am god right but if we take the context right we see different places right why he why he uh, you know um where he says uh uh i am right to 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 the some of the pharisees right when we see why it was that he was taken to the cross right you know we have to try to extrapolate some of these things some of these ideas and sometimes when we read scripture we're not going to get the words You know, Jesus is God or in what we're studying right now, Jesus Jesus feared or Jesus was afraid. But we have to read what it is, you know, and try to extrapolate from from that, you know, um, just from uh, Matthew 26, 37 through 38, right, which we're going to get into, right? It says, and he took with him Peter and his two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me right so we're starting to see uh something different from jesus right Uh, a side of humanity from jesus right and right here it says that he was deeply distressed distressed and even to death right Mm -hmm. and you know we say okay he was sorrowful to that point and we say we might not say that that's fear right but we start to see uh some of the humanity of jesus and i wanted to make a couple points but uh, before I go into those points I want to give you guys uh, uh, a Jason or one of you guys a little bit more to expand on that
0: so so Jason before you even answer this I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to pin you down Andrew in this so yeah. is your answer yes Jesus feared or no Jesus did not fear
1: I, and and that's what I want to get to if you if you want no I just I just no, want to see if you'll give me a quick a yes, yes or no, yes, no
0: answer. <laughs> All
1: right, and and this is a kind of what we were talking about before we started this um this sure. uh this video, right? My point is not to say yes Jesus feared, no Jesus feared, right? Sure. I I have what I what I what I'm convicted of, but my my idea with this video is to present to the viewers or whoever is watching, right, and allow them to make the decision for themselves.
0: Okay, okay, perfect. All right, so so we'll come back, we'll come back to this. Uh, Jason, you were going to say something.
1: All
2: right, so. <clears throat> um i mean we all have three different views and we all like think differently so how i understand it jesus being here on earth and coming to coming to earth as a human so that we could have that perfect example that even though we're human even though we have that human nature that that pushes us towards sin um we can still overcome we can still overcome sin like jesus is the perfect example he went through Everything that a human does. And if anything, he went to even more extent levels. Um, mm-hmm. uh, j- just like the way that he was raised, the, um, the, the situation of his birth, all of that stuff. Like it, It's something that's hard to deal with growing up. Um, so now, if Jesus had fear, I honestly think he did. I think he went through a situation of fear. Now, what Jesus did with the fear that he felt in Gethsemane being, if he, it wasn't necessarily, to me, it wasn't necessarily um, fear of, it was more of a fear of, uh, of being separated from God. He didn't want to be separated from God because his whole life, since he was a child, he had a very close and intimate connection to God. Now, his fear was being far from God. It wasn't anything else. It wasn't dying. It wasn't, it wasn't um, uh, all the, all the torture he was about to go through before the, before the cross, it was that separation, all that sin that was going on his shoulders, that separation from God was what he was scared of. He had never been separated from God like that. So th- that's how I see it. That's, th- that's where I see like, um, the human experience was sure. on Jesus. That was his part of the human experience. That moment of fear.
0: Okay. I, you know what? Um, I, I'm going to come down on this, uh, on a certain, on a certain side. If I can, uh, I believe Jesus did feel fear. But what was the fear about? And I think that's where we have to distinguish very clearly as to what that fear was or what he was afraid of, Um, because we're we're talking essentially about two different experiences. It is true, in my opinion, that Jesus does leave us an example of how to be connected to the father, how to live a righteous life. But it is also true that none of us have been able to replicate it perfectly. Um, So... So when you look at the fears that we experience, I mean, just picture us being in the desert for 40 days uh, without eating, and all of a sudden Satan shows up, how would we react? We would probably panic, pass out, something like that. Um, Jesus didn't, right? So the, the the fear that is going on in Gethsemane, and I know that, that there's also the question as to what happened in Calvary, right? Um, I I, I think we have to distinguish what it is that he is worried about, because there's no doubt, as the text said, right? I'm going to read it one more time. Uh, Andrew, you read it, right? It says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. There is something bugging him. There is no doubt about that. There is something that's bothering him and and he is expressing it to his disciples we can read it in scripture we cannot say jesus walked in here and he's just all superman and everything be like nothing can can affect me so i think the question is what it is that he's afraid of uh when we when we ask the question did he fear
1: all right yeah um i wanted to say something on that you guys kind of answered a lot of my questions right and um like i was saying i didn't say yes or no not because i don't have a stance but because i kind of want everybody's to, to get people thinking mm. right and um, i want to make with my first point right in my and in the, in the last time we were talking about fear we we're talking about what happened in genesis right from mm. the very beginning what happens right sin comes into this world when sin comes into this world mm. what happens they hide from god right there's a separation and because of that separation what comes happens after it says and they were afraid so we see sin separation and fear right so the question becomes was jesus separated from from god the father you guys both said yes or, or jason at least said that he was separated right from god the father so now the next question becomes if god if jesus was separated from his father did he have fear and did he sin right because we see sin separation and fear right so before we get to fear we have to hit the very first one did jesus sin right of course from what we know Jesus lived a perfect life, right? Uh, he was 100%, and this is where it starts to get complicated. He was 100% man and 100% God, right? And he lived a perfect life on this earth, right? So if we say, was Jesus separated? Now we say, did Jesus sin? The Bible also says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, let's, right? Let's re- that we might that. become yeah. the righteousness of God in him.
0: Andrew, right. let's, let's read that text real quick. Can we okay. do that? Just, just in yeah. case, because I think it's important. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, for he, and this is referring to the Father, made him, referring to Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, uh, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the, the text you're quoting right now is 2 Corinthians 5, 21. The Father made Jesus sin so that we could become righteous. I keep going, sorry about that.
1: Right. No, no, absolutely. And um, so this idea that the father made him who knew no sin to become sin, that's where we start to grapple with this idea, right, of God being a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God, right? And we have to try to work these things out, right? The Bible says, without controversy, right, great is the mystery of godliness, right? That Jesus was manifested in the flesh and justified in the fit in, in the in the um in the spirit, mm-hmm. right? And those two things—that Jesus was manifested in the flesh, and, the, and that He was justified in the flesh—those are the things that we have to grapple around. And I think that it's important that says without controversy, because this is something that is hard for us to grapple with. That Jesus became sin, even though He never sinned, right? And I found some commentary that kind of uh, elaborates on this a little bit more. It says that is God treated Him as if He were a sinner, which He was not. Right, the guilt of the sins of the world was reckoned to him as is as if it were all his own. He was numbered with the transgressors. Christ became identified with sin. He took it to himself in a real sense and felt the horror of the separation from God. Right. So, in what sense did Jesus become sin? Right? Jesus did was lived a perfect life right here on earth, but he he became sin in the sense that he he got all the consequences of sin as if he was a sinner right and what were the consequences of a sinner separation for God right because we see sin separation fear right so we start to see how that starts to unravel right and it starts to get a lot deeper when we think about this right so the next question would be is did Jesus feel separated from from his father and if he did did that mean that he was now afraid did that mean that now fear was introduced? Because we said sin, right? Even though he didn't, he, he wasn't bestowed sin in the same fashion that we were, right? And that's the whole mystery of godliness that, that we have to grapple with. In some sense, the sin of all the world was given to him, right? And he had the same consequences that any sinner has, which is separation, right? So sure. sin, uh, sin, separation. Now we ask our uh, the question, if Jesus was separated from his father, right, and that sin was bestowed upon him, right, put, put on him, does that mean sure. that he was afraid?
0: Sure. Um, uh, very quickly, I do find a very big distinction, though, between what Adam and Eve feel in the sense of fear to what Jesus is feeling at that moment, because Adam and Eve are facing specifically his, their own consequences their their the own their own guilt of sin whereas jesus is not facing a single consequence of anything that he has done but instead the consequences of what we have done so that's why i go back to the question of if there was a sense of fear in jesus it definitely is not identical to the type of fear that we feel um i would agree yeah and i jason you want you want to say something i see you getting
1: so
2: so as I was reading up on this, um, in The Desire of Ages, there's literally an entire chapter called Gethsemane. Great and, chapter. Um, and when you're reading further along, um, I, I love how, she, how Ellen White like, puts, put, puts this. Um, and it says, um, three times he uttered the prayer. And she's referring to the prayer saying, oh, my father, if this cup may not pass from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. So he keeps on reading. Three times has humanity shrunk from the last crowning sacrifice. But now the history of the human race comes up before the world's redeemer. He sees that the transgressions of the law, if left to themselves, must perish. He sees the helplessness of man. He sees the power of sin. The woes and the lamentations of a doomed world rise before him. He beholds its impending fate, and his decision is made. He will save man at any cost to himself. He accepts his baptism of blood through which him perishing millions may gain everlasting life. He has left the courts of heaven where all is purity, happiness, and glory to save one lost sheep. The one world that has fallen by transgression. He will not turn from his mission. He will become the proprietor. I always get like I can never. pronounce. Proprietary. It says a word, but it Go says propitiation
0: of propitiation, right?
2: Propitiation that right. has will to sin. His prayer now breathes only submission. If this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, Thy will be done. What I find crazy about this is like what what I like about this is that the fact that he, I feel like how it's how it's saying it, he's he is scared he. He is having a moment like of being scared. But to me, it's that separation from God because it, it says it right there. Um, he left heaven. He left all that was pure. He left happiness. He left the glory. But the thing is that even though throughout all his fear, throughout all this that's going on, he sees that, wait, the only way that I can be be again with these people that I love, that I could have these all the all, all these people, this one lost sheep, the only way that this can be fixed is if i go through this right get my forget my pain forget my suffering but whatever i go through it's going to be worth it and I, I love how it ends and his prayer his prayer now now breathes only submission he he sub, like even even though he was going through all this agony all this pain all, all everything that was going on he was still his relationship with god was not stumbled he didn't he didn't go through sin like even though he had all of that on him he had all that sin on him he still his faith didn't waver he still was submissive to the will of god
0: so um there's something interesting that's popping up because again we got we got uh, people watching and uh we have uh some of the people that we know actually uh making some comments um uh, first of all Uh, We had someone say that in Hebrews 4.15, it states that he was tempted in all points, right? All ways in points. And I think we all agree with that, right? Obviously, scripture says it, uh, but we understand that Jesus was tempted. There is no doubt about that. Um, But there is a comment coming from somebody by the name of Elias Montes, uh, who we all know as well, um, who says that I don't understand the 100% man and 100% God idea. Allow me to say that I think if we're going to talk about fear, we have to establish this very clearly. Uh, the humanity of Jesus. Uh, Jesus has always existed as God. There is no doubt about that. Before the existence of this world, scripture says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So we have no doubt whatsoever that Jesus is God. Um, The incarnation, which remains a mystery to us, we do not know how scientifically this is possible. Uh, This is a miracle that God produced for us But the incarnation means that God becomes man. Now, he doesn't lose his attributes of divinity, but he literally becomes man. He becomes like one of us. Now, while we say he becomes like one of us, we also know that Jesus is not quite like one of us, right? He is also different because he's 100% God. Uh, If we remember you and I, all of us here, everybody that's watching has both uh, father and mother. Jesus literally was, um, was born of the Spirit, as Scripture says, right? So there is something miraculous in the birth of Jesus. But what we see in Jesus is that um, there are moments where his divinity shines through. There is no doubt about that. But the Bible does not hide the fact that there are moments where his humanity also breaks through. And Gethsemane is one of those moments where when we read, in fact, the Spirit of Prophecy, this is, it's very interesting, I right? Desire of Ages, um it, it talks about how the disciples had never even seen him in that way right there's a, a, he was stumbling. <clears throat> yeah he was stumbling he was falling uh it, it, there's a moment and i if you've never read this chapter read it right um garden of gethsemane in the desire of ages where she literally describes this moment where jesus is holding his hand down on the floor so as not to be separated from the father anymore he does not want to go any lower This is his humanity coming through. And if at any moment Jesus uses his divinity to overcome this moment, there would be some pretty serious consequences. I don't know if you guys want to comment on that. What would have happened if Jesus uses his divinity to overcome this moment of anguish and distress and what we are considering
2: fear? That's actually one of the points that I wanted to get to. If he would have used that, if he would have used that power, it would have completely like just erased everything that he had done prior to that anything that he had done any of the miracles any of anything 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 that he ever preached about in his entire work on earth would have been completely destroyed because it, then it would have shown it would have shown the heavenly host because if we looked at the at the bigger picture of all of this everybody's eyes are on jesus mm. Uh, all the fallen angels, Satan himself, all the other, um, the, perf- the other perfect worlds, the whole universe, whole universe, whole universe. His eyes are on him. What is he gonna do? What is he gonna, in these final moments, in, the, in the, the excruciating pain that he's going through? What is he gonna do? Is he gonna rely on his on his relationship with God, or is he gonna de- rely on his divine power? Hmm. Um, and before there's also another scenario where the, where the devil himself attempts him to use his divine power. He's like, Hey, God's going to save you. Hey, make that call it, call on that rock and make it bread. Um, and yet he still doesn't fall back on that because he has faith and a strong relationship with, with his father. And, um, and if I feel that if he would have used his power at that moment in the Gethsemane moments, he would he would he would have proven the the satan right right
0: right in fact let me let me let me just interject real quick uh well andrew go ahead yeah go ahead
1: no i just we all want to interject right no i just wanted to add to that yeah um you know someone mentioned that that verse you know that, that he was tempted in every way as as we are right and just to add to that point right uh from from uh from a practical standpoint from from where we're at right now we look at it and we would have seen that jesus used his glory in a sense to uh to, to nullify his pain or any of that we could have we could have from our standpoint say oh see look that's it right there mm. Je- jesus that that's the difference between me and jesus see that's why i can't do it because i see can. jesus uses power right there right mm. and, and i think from that from that practical standpoint uh uh you know if he would have failed you know not only what, what jason was saying you know but as well it would have uh, the i guess the example that he would have left you know it would have been that we couldn't do it, right? And I and I I'm sorry, I wanted to to get out some more thoughts, right? Um, because we're talking about the humanity of Jesus, right? And we were talking about how for God for, for Jesus it was not the same, right? Uh, uh the fear as a, as it was to Adam, right? The separation, right? And um and, and I agree with that. But at the same time we have to remember like I feel like sometimes we gloss over the fact that Jesus in his humanity did feel weaknesses and we say oh Jesus was not afraid of those things Jesus you know didn't have pain in that sense I think his main uh uh, his main thing was the separation from God but to say that he like all those those other things didn't um affect his humanity right and we think about when Jesus right that's why I wanted to make it all the way to Calvary right Jesus was going to be betrayed he knew this right in, in in the desert, he prayed for 40 days, right? He, he was he was fasting and praying, right? The devil comes and tempts him, right? And and the devil puts these thoughts, right? If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, and we were talking about this yesterday, uh, Satan presents himself as this beautiful angel, right? In front of Jesus, who is almost like uh, 40 days without eating, right? And he's just he's done, right? So. Uh, Satan is almost presenting himself to Jesus as to say look at me look at my glory and look how low you are right now if you are the son of God do these things questioning his sonship right to the father right so in his human in his humanity Jesus has all these things in the back of his mind my disciples are going to betray me am I really the son of God right even though he knew he was the son of God right but these things are being put into his mind right uh, and we have to uh, look at all those things, right? Uh, the silence in the garden, right? It, 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 uh, not my will, but your will be done, right? And and how many times did that happen? Three times. After that, he has what? Complete silence. He doesn't hear an answer. So imagine the, the silence in Jesus' mind from a humanity standpoint. You're t- telling God, hey, if there's any other way, please allow this to be taken from me. And then all you hear is complete silence. From a human perspective, that's that kind of, kind of daunts on you right and then all the way to calvary where he says my god my god why hast thou forsaken me feeling that sense of humanity in in all that is what i'm trying to say and i think that uh sometimes we try to take away from that that aspect you know not to say that his, his bigger uh the bigger picture was that he was the it was really the separation from god right but i think we also have to look at the hum- humanity perspective from that
0: yeah, um, I, I, think, I think, and, and just kind of tying in what both of you are saying, um, and this is going to go to a question that we just received too, and I'll read it in a second. Um, I think what Jesus faces in Gethsemane is essentially what we're all going to have to face at some point or another, which is um, self-sufficiency or total dependence on God. Now, fear is neither one of those things. The question is, how does Jesus answer that moment of human weakness, right? Again, he does not sin. He feels the fear. And the question uh, comes in uh, on the chat. uh, Why do we as Christians sometimes think we'll be better Christians when we stop fearing? Um, And I don't think um, that that just automatically saying eliminate fear does any good to a Christian whatsoever because we're human and we're going to fear. If you think about it, Jesus was 100% perfect and he felt this. How much more are we going to feel that? Like that, to to me, it's obvious that we're going to feel that. And so the question is, how do you counter the fear? First, you got to recognize that you do feel weak, just like Jesus did, right? Tells the disciples, this is how I'm feeling. But then the question is, how is it that we're going to deal once we've recognized with this? And for the record, um, if you talk to any psychologist, uh, any family therapist, therapist, they will tell you that the very first step of any of these issues is to recognize this is your problem, right? You cannot ignore the problem. And sometimes we do this, like from the pulpit, we'll go in and we'll try to push these things away and say, why are you fearing? You shouldn't feel that. No, feel it. But then the question is, how do I respond? And Jesus had the option, self-sufficiency, use my own divine power to overcome, or total dependence on God. And you can see that what he tries to do, and effectively, is total dependence on God. This is the only reason Jesus is victorious all the way to the cross, in my opinion. He has total dependence on God, not self-sufficiency, which I think is key for us.
2: Now, um, going back to Jesus' humanity, sometimes a story that we forget that really exemplifies how human Jesus was, how, how, how into the human um, experience he was in. We go back to the story of Lazarus. Mm. He went back to, to Lazarus, I guess you could say funeral. Mm. And he knew what he was going to go do. He knew he was going to bring him out of the grave, but yet he still had that moment of, he, he still had that human experience. And what does the Bible tell us he do? He did. He cried. He wept. Because it was someone that he, he honestly loved. It was one of his closest friends. Mm-hmm. He, lo- he loved Lazarus. Um, and to me, that just shows uh, of one of the human sides of Jesus. Now, going back to him relying completely on God, if we keep on the reading in that same chapter um, of, uh, of, uh, of Gethsemane and um, desire of Ages, um, it keeps on reading. And I, I, I really, really like what she says about it, about him right here, too um so right before um right right uh, when he goes to check on them again and he finds them sleeping um he, he it says right here looking sorrowfully upon him he says sleep on now and take your rest behold the hour is at hand and the man of the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners so before he says this he's praying he's praying he's praying he's praying, he's praying right and he keeps on reading even as he spoke these words he heard the footsteps of the mob in search of him and he says rise let us be going behold he is at hand that doth betray me now what it says next is what i what, what really makes this statement like big it says no traces of his recent agony were visible as jesus stepped forth to meet his betrayer mm. so if we look at the scene before that even in the bible um he, he sees the disciples. He goes to the disciples, finds them sleep, sleeping. They look up, and they they can't even recognize him because he has so much fear. Like he he's he's going through all the all these emotions, and they don't even recognize him. But then right before, right after all this praying, right after this constant and hardcore communication with God, just praying and praying and praying and praying, boom. Fear is gone. That the, the agony is gone. All of that, he's like, "No, this is my mission. This is what God has for me to do," and I think that's a one of the key components of us as humans being able to go past the fear. Um, going going back to the question, um, if is fear good for us to have fear? Um, is it or if or if why why do we as Christians like uh, we shouldn't have fear? No, I think that fear sometimes is essential because when we have fear, it's, we tend to rely even more on God. Or now, sometimes the problem is that we only rely on God when we have fear, and as soon as we get out of that situation, we start depending on ourselves, and we forget to fully depend on God. And that's sometimes that that's what really is the big problem. Why we sometimes see that advantage, quote unquote, advantage that Jesus had that had Jesus has on us is the problem is that we forget, we we stop depending on God. Jesus, on the other hand. Every single day was depending on God.
0: Yeah. In fact, um, I think this kind of leads to, uh, to a question that we're receiving here in the text, but uh, that we have to analyze as well, because when, when you look at what happens in Gethsemane, uh, you know, you're right, right? Jesus all of a sudden gets up and there's like a different tone to him, right? All of a sudden now he's like, hey, everyone get up. The hour has arrived. Let's do this. But um, there is the case of the disciples. And we all know what happens with the disciples, eventually. Yeah. especially, and we're going to point to someone, sorry, Peter, right? But we got to point to you uh, because Peter was sleeping and then eventually Peter betrays Jesus and he does so, correct me if I'm wrong, in fear, right? He's starting to be recognized that he's a follower of Jesus. And so he says, no, no, you know, I, I don't, I don't really, uh, I, I, I don't know who he is. I don't know who he is. And then he even curses Jesus so as not to be grouped with him but you can see the fear that is going on in him thinking that maybe he'll have the same uh ending as jesus or he'll end up in the same place and so uh the question becomes uh two questions here right uh first what happened with the disciples but second i want to integrate this question is can having fear this is being asked by charlie can having fear cause you to sin can having fear cause you to sin and maybe we should explore that question first before we look at the difference between Jesus and the disciples. So what do you guys think? Can having fear cause us to sin?
2: I I, I think it it can, because just as just as it's a it's a, I guess it's something in human nature to fear to preserve life. I have um, when it comes to making a decision for decision for Jesus, and we're fearful of what others think that decision might be can stop us from having a relationship with God. Cause sometimes, especially now, um, seeing my brother, seeing his friends, seeing some of the youth, um, working a lot with them makes me see how sometimes they're scared of really going out there for Jesus because of what their friends are going to think because of what their peers are going to think. And sometimes it, it it also falls on us adults like okay like if i if i say this at work or if i give my my point of view on this at work like people are going to judge me and we have that fear of being judged and we have that fear that holds us back because maybe that comment maybe me showing that i really believe in jesus maybe doing that if i if i don't do it it's it's gonna hold back from someone actually getting to know god because sometimes in those moments when we do we get over our fear and we Put out there that we are a follower of Jesus, or that we're we're really trying to get closer to Him, is going to bring someone up with the question, like, "Hey, who is this Jesus that you're talking about?" Yeah. So when it come when it comes, at least to, to 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 our relationship with God, when it comes to to fear, if we have too much fear to go forward in our relationship with God, that that is going to cause us to sin. Uh, I
1: actually wanted to to add to that, right? So we the, the question was can fear cause us to sin, right? Is that the question? That's
0: correct,
1: yeah. Yeah, right? So when we look at sin, right, when we're talking about sin is separation from God, so can fear cause us to be separated from God? Absolutely. I actually wanted to add to what uh, Jason was saying, right? Uh, there's a verse in Hebrews 11, 13 through 16, right? This is uh, uh, the whole faith chapter, right? Talking about those who live by faith, by faith, faith, Abraham did this, by faith, Daniel did this, by faith, all these different peoples. In the bible that we know right uh did different things but in hebrews 11 13 16 look what it says here it says these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them from afar were assured of them embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland and truly if they had called to mind the country from which they had come out they would have the opportunity to return. Mm. But now they desire a better, they desire a better place that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now what am I trying to say with this? Right? Fear, like Jason was saying, can cause us to stay stagnant, right? It can it can cause us to stay in our comfort zone. Right here is talking about all about faith right? When we're in, in these last videos, we've been talking about faith versus fear, right? Faith is taking that step forward. And what in in, in uh, chapter 11, where it talks about all the, the different people that took a step of faith, right? It says, for those who such, say such thing, declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And if they truly had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. They would have an opportunity to stay in their comfort zone, right? But they stepped out in faith. Right. So fear can cause us to sin in the sense that it causes us to stay in a comfort zone and faith, which God requires. Right. The Bible says for it is impossible for uh, for us to please God without faith, which is what God requires. Faith requires us to step out. Right. Not right. stay in our comfort zone. So, yeah, we can look to the back like this, like this verse say, says right there and we could have stayed in our comfort zone. Hmm. Right. But that would cause us sin. Separation from God, right? God wants us to step out in faith, right? If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Now, now, uh, I I agree. I would say stepping out in faith is extremely important, um, but but faith is a reaction. Or, or a specific reaction that we can have, because again, I think the the challenge that we have a lot of times when we talk about fear, whether we're looking at Jesus, we're getting some comments here about uh, being able to control fear. How do you control fear? Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to read some of these things, by the way, uh, to all of you who are watching and you're, you're participating in this chat, we appreciate it. This is kind of what we want. We just want to be able to uh, all have a conversation. We can't have 30 people in here. Uh, but, um, you know, we're going to integrate some of these comments. Um, and I got, um, I got a comment here from angel who's saying, if you're scared of fear, it controls you. But if you face your fear with God, you control it. So it's almost as if uh, the question isn't, do you feel fear or can you feel fear or should you feel fear? Fear is something that we feel. The question is, how do we respond to that? And I think I think all of us agree with that, right? that the issue isn't feeling the fear. The issue is, what are we going to allow that fear to do in our lives? Are you going to respond in faith? Are you going to walk out in faith? Are you going to let God take control of your life, even though you're feeling that fear? Or- are you going to get be frozen by that fear, right? Are you be paralyzed by that fear? Um, there's um, there's a really good question that I want to see what you guys think about here, and that is, uh, this is uh, coming from Christopher Lopez. Uh, did the fear of Jesus make the disciples have fear, and is it okay to display fear to others?
1: That's a good question.
0: Yeah, I, and, and let me let me give this a shot because I, I read this and I, I thought it was a very good question. Um, I, I don't know if we have anything in Scripture at all that says that the fear of Jesus or what he was worried about at that moment led to worry in the disciples in the long run, because eventually we do see that turnaround where Jesus all of a sudden is resolute and he's going after it. But I think there's something within the question of is it okay to display fear to others. You guys know, look, I mean, we're, we're three guys speaking. Eventually, uh, you know, we're, we're, for those of you who are watching, we want to make this into a regular thing where we have this conversation, but we need to get women involved in this conversation as well. But I'm going to speak to the three of you as men, right? Uh, the two of you as men, the three of us here. Uh, now, we're, we're taught from a very young age we shouldn't fear anything, right? I mean, like, this is what we're, you shouldn't display fear. Fear is a sign of weakness. And it's interesting because forget what we're told. In a cultural sense or in a societal sense, um, biblically, as a Christian, is it okay to display fear, or is that a bad
1: thing? No, I, I think it's what we're going. It was going to uh, what we were talking about last last week, right? When I, when we're talking about is there a place for fear in a Christian's life? It goes back to the to the 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 place uh, illustration, right? A place, a, a building, somewhere where you stay can fear settle Is there room in a christian's life for fear to stay there right Mm -hmm. and i would say that there is no room for fear to stay but i think that just as we can see here in jesus in jesus and people like david from last week that there are times in a christian's life where fear comes right it's what we do after after that fear comes right the the idea is if, if we stay in fear right where that will bring us to
0: um, yeah, and let me and let me uh, j- just kind of to to segue back to what we were trying to say here. Um, there was fear in what happened with Peter. So so I guess the question becomes, what is it that made Jesus stand up and say, "Let's do this," as opposed to the disciples eventually all running away? Like like what what do we learn from the Gethsemane experience regarding fear?
1: I want, I want to uh, kind of take a shot at this because I, I said I was going to make two points here, right? Um, kind of going along, we're talking back to bringing it back to Jesus. I, I know I'm ranting again, right? But I, I want to say this, right? I want us to think, did Jesus know he was going to die?
0: Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, Jesus absolutely, did. right?
1: He's, yeah. He says, for this moment, I have come, right? Right? Yeah. So he knew he was going to die from the very beginning. Since the creation of the world, he knew that this had to happen, right? And we ask, was Jesus in control, or was God in control? Did Jesus know that God was in control?
0: Yes, Jesus. Okay, knew.
1: right. We see that throughout. We see that throughout uh, Scripture, right? When he's speaking to Pilate, right? When Pilate wants to set him set him free because he's scared, right? You know. And what does he say? You don't. I have the power to set you free. And Jesus says, "What? You would have no power unless it was given to you." my father in heaven right so he knows that god is in control other places right in in scripture where uh jesus uh slips away from the crowd because it says it was not yet his time right so we know that he was in control god was in control right when peter cuts off the ear of malchus what happens Mm -hmm. he tells him those who live by the sword will die by the sword Mm -hmm. you know do you not know that i could bring 12 legions of angels at this time you know Uh, you know and so he was in control right so jesus knew he was going to die He knew that God was in control, right? I want you guys to picture these things, right? In John chapter 16, verse 32, look at what it says here. John chapter 16, verse 32 through 33, it says, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone for my father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have, I will overcome the world, right? Now we have Jesus here that's saying, you will leave me all alone. So he knew he was going to die. He knew that God was in control. He knew that his disciples were going to leave him all alone. And then he right. says, "Yet yeah, I am not alone for my father is with me, right? And then at the end it says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Had Jesus overcome the world yet? No, he, he hadn't come over, overcome the world yet. Mm-hmm. He knew he was going to overcome the world. But he hadn't overcome it yet, right? In John chapter 19, verse 28, it says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, right, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. And they filled the sponge with sour wine, right? This is on Calvary. Mm -hmm. Put Put it in his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave his spirit, right? This is on Calvary, right? So now we see that it is finished. He had not yet overcome, yet he was confident in his claim, right? And what am I trying to get with this, right? Jesus was in control. He knew he was going to die. He knew his disciples were going to leave him, right? Um, So the question is, did him knowing he would overcome and knowing he was going to be alone and knowing that he had to die, did him knowing all these things stop him from feeling alone?
0: Did Did it stop Jesus from
1: feeling alone? Did him knowing that God, that he wasn't alone, stop him from feeling alone?
0: So, okay. Well, there's a, there's a question as to why I think we got to take a step back for a second. And you gotta, you gotta answer why it is that he was feeling alone. Now we've mentioned the word sin, but we haven't mentioned really the depth and the profoundity that that sin was causing on him. He did not, he was not dealing with the sin of an individual. He was not dealing with the sin of a group of people. He was literally dealing with the sin of the entire existence of humanity and everyone who would exist, the entire universe, everything. He was carrying literally sin with a capital S. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to read a quote here because this is something that Ellen White says, if, if, if I can, right, just kind of uh, trying to trying to add in here. Um, uh, this is, again, desire of ages, which it, we cannot stress this enough. You got to read this chapter. If you have not read it, for all those who are watching, you have to read this chapter. Um, but when uh, when she's talking, uh, she says, uh, "Let me see here." Um, uh, it, Desire of Ages, uh, page six eighty six. He says, "This agony, he must not exert his divine power to escape. As man, he must suffer the consequences of man's sin. As man, he must endure the wrath of God against transgression." Now, think about this. I if I decide not to have Jesus in my life, I'm going to face Jesus. I'm going to face God by myself alone, right? No one defending me, and I'm going to face God's wrath by myself. Jesus was not facing God's wrath of himself. He was facing God's wrath for, for every
1: everyone, single
0: exactly. thing, right? And um, later on, in fact, she says that um, that the problem was that he was feeling uh, the agony of that separation, of not knowing if his sacrifice was going to be enough.
1: I'll, I'll read that one right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, no, literally, right? She said that. And so she feels the sacrifice is just not going to be enough. And, and so Jesus says, well, it is, is this, is this going to be possible? And, and I think, again, that's another element of the fear that he is feeling. So going back to your question, did Jesus feel alone even though he knew all those things? It's very possible that he knew he was going to feel alone as well. Uh, but, but the issue was did did jesus know the experience of all the sin of the world as a human
1: no and, and i would agree with that my the, the, the whole reason why i wanted to bring all this up, right did he feel alone right what, did he feel alone even though he knew that he wasn't alone even though he knew all these things would happen, right did sure. he feel alone the reason why i bring this up right I think it's important for us to understand faith, right? Because knowing and feeling are two separate things, right? I think it's crucial in understanding faith, right? He did everything to combat all these things, right? Uh, 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 it is written, right? Uh, a man of the word, right? Praying, right? He did everything to combat this very moment so that when this moment, he could rely on what he knew and not what he felt. And say that's what- Say that one more time, one more time. I said, he, he, he he did everything to combat this right up until this very point it, it, uh, it is written uh, prayer right uh, preaching the word so that when that moment came he re- that he could rely on what he knew instead of what he felt All
0: right let's get let's get jason in this conversation can we jason um yeah I, I like i like how,
2: how um how, how that quote andrew just read finishes that he could rely on what he knew instead of what he felt because that that is that is is key to our our human experience because if we just focus on what we're feeling at the moment if we're going through a certain situation and we're letting our feelings of our moment dictate what our next step is going to be that next step could be disastrous now imagine if jesus in gethsemane feeling all of that pressure feeling all of that anguish feeling that separation from god if he would decide like you know what i can't do this i don't want to be separated from my father if he would have gone with his human, with with this with his, with his human side, and just, just let it go, what would we be? Like mm-hmm. this, this world, if it, if, it, if this world's already in chaos, it would be even worse. You know, we probably, we probably would have been dead by now. We, exactly, we could have been dead by now. Like we we wouldn't be having this conversation. Sure. But the fact that Jesus decided, look, I already know this is going to happen, but forget my feelings right now. It's knowing that what I have to do is going to bring an even greater result. I'm going to go through with that. And sometimes we have to to remember that we have a God that can help us through any situation. We might be going through it tough, but no matter what situation we're going through, there's going to be a learning experience from it. And because we have those learning experiences, then we can help others that relate to our experience. And they're gonna be going through the same situation that we're going through, be it fear, be it um, whatever emotional situation it is that we're going through. Someone is gonna be be able able to relate with that situation that you had and you could minister to them and help them. But we have to remember to not rely on what we felt It's the same thing with the Christian experience. We can't rely on on past situations with God. Like, oh, I remember I felt God one day in church. So I'm just going to stick with that. I'm going to remember that feeling and that's it. No, that was a past feeling how you're feeling the next morning could already change and you could already feel far from God. So we can't rely on past experiences. We can't rely on what we're feeling at the moment. We have to rely on what God has done for us, what he is, and what he is going to do for us. That's what really
0: keeps on pushing us forward. So let me, let me, uh, let me just uh, in support of what you're saying, uh, shout out to Ivan over here, who is, uh, who's got, I, I think a very good idea. He says, uh, I think fear is necessary in the life of all humans. We, we kind of spoke about that in our first um, uh, uh, chat uh, last week, um, but uh, staying in fear is bad. So he says, so that's when faith comes in to help us, right? We got to recognize that we have someone with lots of power on our side. Um, and, and I think that supports what, what's coming in. Now, kind of going back to Gethsemane here, um, there's a interesting quote uh, from Desire of Ages as well that I think it's important to mention. Um, Jesus gets up, right? He prays once. We know he's in agony. We know he's in distress. We know he is fearing. He gets up, he goes to the disciples, he sees them sleeping. And to this, she says, he did not reprove them, right? Uh, but said instead, watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation. Even in great agony, she writes, he was seeking to excuse their weakness, the spirit truly is ready. He said, but the flesh is weak. And then notice this, it says, um, this is just a page before that he had Jesus found them praying. He would have been relieved. Had they been seeking refuge in God, that satanic agencies might not prevail over them. He would have been comforted by their steadfast faith. So I see two things going on, right? There's a lesson that Jesus is trying to teach them, watch and pray. So you don't enter into temptation. But there's something that Jesus is seeking as well, right? He, if you he would have seen them praying, it sounds like he would have been like, okay, let, let's do this sooner, right? But, but he didn't see them praying. So I wonder, where does our relationship with other Christians and, and, and uh, you know, us sharing where our weaknesses are at and saying, hey, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that to know that someone is praying for you, that someone is advocating, interceding for you, if we could put it that way, right? What kind of effect does that do when we're dealing with fear? And then where does Jesus' advice come in? Watch and pray. The, 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 the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What do you guys think about that?
1: Um, oh, go for it, go for it, go for it, Jason. <clears throat> I'm going
2: to... Going to the to a little bit further back, we were talking about um, is it okay to show fear, um, and I think that goes down to is it okay to show others our weaknesses. Now, if we look in the Bible, we see that we see that it says that God is is, it, is it's in our weaknesses that He shows shows His strength. Yeah. So that's just the that's just the godly aspect. So when we're weak, we ask God to give us the strength. He mm-hmm. gives us the strength. But sometimes I feel it's it's, um, it's sometimes for our own mental stability mm-hmm. to be able to tell others, Hey, look, this is what I'm going through. Like, mm-hmm. this is, this is what, this is the fear I have. This is the anger I have, whatever it is, like it, it, for our own mental benefit it's good to tell others and just to what i was saying earlier you don't know if that person that you're talking to that the person that you're telling like look this is my situation this is what i'm scared of you don't know if that person went through that similar situation and they have a piece of very good advice to give you something that could keep you pushing forward and not just that you praying for yourself is one thing but having somebody else intercede for you through that same situation like hey god look my brother's going through this like like going like uh, telling someone else having someone else pray for you and knowing that someone else is praying for you is comforting if he would go, have seen go, the disciples go, praying. praying for him yeah. or, or praying with him that would have given him comfort and th- that relates just to us as well if we know somebody else is interesting mm-hmm. for us if we know that somebody else is reading reading for us in the background it gives us that extra push to keep on going forward Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I, I want to mention something because I have—I feel like I have the perfect verse for this right here. Nice. We're talking about uh, intercession, right? And and the words that Jesus says. What did Jesus mean? Watch, pray, lest you enter into, into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we go back to good old Peter. Oh man! In Luke, in Luke twenty-two, thirty-one through thirty-four. Look at what it says here. I think this perfectly describes what what he means here. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has. Asked to sift you all, sift you as we. but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times, three times that you know me. Right here, we see the, it says, but he says, but he replied, Lord, I'm ready. I will go to prison to death with you he's willing just like this verse says the spirit indeed is willing he was willing right and it says but the flesh is weak and we know that after that what happened jesus was taken right and, and we know that that peter ultimately failed right, right. so yeah. what jesus was, was trying to say that but i have prayed for you right mm-hmm. he made that intercession, like what we're talking about right here and it says oh you know watch and pray jesus was constantly trying to show them by example Not just by word, you know, throughout his entire ministry, no matter what big crowd he was in, he always found a time where he would seclude himself and pray to the Father uh, in the desert. And We have so many uh, events that we could think of in the gospel where Jesus uh, prayed on his own to his Father. And he was trying to show by example, right, the importance of prayer, right, lest you enter into temptation. Because we're willing, we say, Lord, you know, I I can do it. I can follow you, right? what our flesh is weak and unless we have that prayerful connection with god we're going to fail every time and i think that's what jesus was trying to show them
0: yeah so um i I think i think there's a we got to remember the watch part of it as well right um when jesus says watch and pray jesus knew the moment that he was living he understood the moment he was living he could feel the sense of urgency the disciples did not they did not Uh, that, that has to be clear because anybody that's going through a crisis can't sleep. That's like the last thing that you can do. Uh, Jesus is going through a, 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 a crisis moment, right? In fact, the, 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 uh, eternal destiny of the entire universe hinges upon him. He knows what's going on. Disciples, they fall asleep, right? They're out there just blowing out Z's. Now, uh, I think that it's very important that we know the time that we live in. This is, this is uh, like absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, there was a uh, survey that was done by the Joshua Fund, which is like a pro-Israelite Southern Baptist organization. And they did it on a thousand likely voters in America uh, talking about coronavirus. And they said, what do you think coronavirus is? And uh, half of the American public, almost half, about, I think it was like 48 or 47%, said that they felt this had nothing to do with God. This was not a wake-up call. This was not... Um, anything that was pointing to judgment, nothing, right? And then there was another half of people who said, this is a wake up call from God, this is a moment. So, and I'm thinking like, okay, can do we not see for, you know, put God aside for one second. It is obvious that we are dealing now with global problems. This is not a a little problem here. We're dealing with global problems. Someone on on CNN wrote uh, that this is an existential crisis. And that's not coming from a religious point of view, and so I say, man, we gotta wake up. Like, like we literally have to wake up at this point, feel the sense of urgency, and start doing things the way Jesus did. If we feel fear right now, we gotta watch and pray. Like, we gotta wake up, and we gotta say, look what's going on. I gotta start praying. You know, I mean, this is this is the world that we're living at this point, and I think that that we we cannot go the direction of the disciples. We got to go the direction of Jesus. Know the time that you're living in. Recognize the fear that we feel. Start praying. Start getting closer to God.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to, I don't know if we're closing, but I wanted to mention this uh, this uh, last quote that I have here from Great Controversy. And I think it ties in exactly what you're talking about right here, right? Uh, uh, faith and prayer and, uh, and, and trusting in God, right? Uh, it's a Great Controversy 62, 622 one. It says, wrestling with God, how few know what it is how few have ever had their souls drawn drawn out after god with the intensity of desire until every power is on the stretch that's what jesus was doing right on the cross right or in gethsemane right it says when waves of despair which no language can express sweep over the suppliant how few cling with unyielding faith to the promises of god those who exercise but little faith now are in the greatest danger of falling under the power of satanic delusion and the decree to compel the conscience. And even if they endure the test, they will be plunged into deeper distress and anguish in the time of trouble. Because they have never made it a habit to trust in God, the lessons of faith, which they have neglected, they will be forced to learn under a terrible pressure of discouragement. Mm. Mm. And I I don't don't want to learn that way. I don't uh, want to
0: learn that way. I don't want to learn under that pressure. Exactly,
1: and, then, and then that's what we're going through. We're going through this terrible pressure. This is not even the worst of the terrible pressure, and this is but the terrible pressure that we're going through, right? And what none of you know, we have not made a habit to trust in God, mm. to pray, mm. like you were saying, like Jesus did. Have faith, like He did. You know,
0: J- Jason's about to drop some scripture on us. I think.
2: All right, all right. <laughs> now, um. The, Jesus always spoke in parables, right? Yeah. And I feel like one of the parables that really fits in, into the scenario that we're in right now, especially with that study that you said that the 50-50, um, he you said, you said yes, it has to do with 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 um godly stuff. The others said no. I think it, if we go back a chapter in Matthew to chapter 25, I think the the parable of the wise and foolish versions really fits us perfectly and um i mean um, for those of you that, that that don't know the the parable um you could read up on it in ch- um, matthew um chapter 25 starting with verse 1 through 13 now um to sum it down it's 10 virgins five of them have oil ready there's this there's this wedding coming right mm-hmm. five of them have their oil ready they have their, they're they're just prepared for theirs for what's coming uh, there's um and t- five of them are just foolish they're like no nah, we don't need the oil yet we still got more time um and what ends up happening is that the night time falls upon them and um and uh the cry was was behold was crying in them. verse six it says in the midnight cry was heard behold the bridegroom is coming and go out and meet him now it says midnight at midnight it's dark you can't see so the virgins that had the oil they were able to see where to go where, where was it that they needed to go? The virgins that didn't, they just didn't know. They were completely lost. And when we read towards the end, um, um it, it says, um, verse 11, Afterward, the other virgins came out saying, Lord, O oh Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I don't know you. Watch therefore, for you know that neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man is coming. Now, this parable really pertains to us as human beings. If we're going to be prepared or if we're not going to be prepared the prepared virgins they knew what was coming they had the, the, the it could translate to the humans that are getting prepared the, the ones that know that the that, that this that what's going on right now is supposed to be a wake-up call for us this is where for those that were sleeping for those that don't, don't really have a relationship with god this is the moment for us to pick up pace and to really look what what the word has for us what 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 it what the what the future events um, that are coming are supposed to be like then the other half the other five regions are those that just don't care that say that like the, that study that said no this has nothing to do with the wake up law. it's gonna catch us we don't know the hour we don't know when the Son of man is coming it's gonna catch us like the, like other parts of the Bible say like a like a thief at night you don't know when he's coming that's how the, the that's how the second coming of God is gonna come this this coronavirus never. Never in any, any point or moment did we think this is going to affect us how it has. Yeah. We just go back to January, not, not even January, just last month, I was That's at a soccer game. Cool. I was at a soccer game and people in China were going through this. I never thought it was going to hit me. Right. And I was in a stadium packed with people. Right. And yeah, there were kind of like little things. I remember one of the guys next to us sitting at the game um, was was sneezing and he was like oh it's just allergies like there was already like a little bit of that of the the fright going on but it wasn't to the point that it is right now it caught us out of the blue we weren't prepared for this and if we look at a at a at a governmental um standpoint our government our hospitals everything we were not prepared right it's, it's it's hitting it's hitting hitting the fan really hard on us right now
0: it's it's a it's a perfect example to illustrate the parable of the 10 virgins as well. Yes. It's and to it's, illustrate it's, what, the disciples, yeah, what the disciples went through in Gethsemane as well. The preparation is key, and 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 prayer is part of it, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Now, had the disciples been ready for this, had they been praying, they wouldn't have reacted how they did. They wouldn't have denied Jesus. They would have known what the outcome was going to be nonetheless. Yeah. And if, if we keep on going, if we keep on going... Uh, with that with the, like um who knows what would have happened like maybe more like maybe the crucifixion of jesus would have been had a completely different outplay like as in mm-hmm. as in um the disciples would have still kept faithful they wouldn't have have had to go through all those moments of fear but it all it all goes down or be prepared are we gonna be prepared? Are we gonna be like the disciples and sleep through these moments, through this situation that we're going that we're going through right now? Or are we gonna to listen to Jesus' words and watch and pray? Are we gonna be diligent or are we gonna or are we gonna be foolish?
0: Hmm. Are, are we gonna do it the Jesus way or are we gonna do it the disciples' way, right? Exactly. And we know that one leads to success and victory, the other one does not. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up. Uh, Andrew, um uh, what what can we take away from uh, the experience that Jesus went through the experience that Jesus went through fear uh, kind of briefly uh, what would you tell all those who are viewing right now or anyone who will view um, uh, in in dealing with fear and living in these times just tell us briefly what, what would we take away from this
1: well I, I think we could take a lot of things from what we're talking about from prayer from what de- uh, Jesus dealing with fear the separation from God and and uh all these different things that one of the things that stands out to me is that uh i didn't actually read this quote but it actually says that even though jesus you know jesus felt like he was alone Mm -hmm. right it said that the father and all the angels were standing right 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 next to him but because he must he must uh, tread the wine press alone they were not uh, revealed you know and one of the things i always say is that you know when we're going through these situations especially right now maybe some of us that Right now, uh, maybe some of us are not affected, but to the people that are affected or have family members that are going through this, right? You know, uh, a word that of encouragement that we can give to these people, you know, it's like even though that they feel alone, they might feel alone in these in these moments of quarantine. You know, you know, and, and, and they might feel that they're alone, but if they they hold on to the promises of God, that you know, Jesus knew that the Father was with him. He just didn't feel. Yeah. His humanity didn't feel that God was with him. And I think from that experience, even Jesus, in some sense, like we've been talking about, had some fear, but, you know, he didn't allow that fear to settle. And ultimately, he overcame. We just have to hold on to that promise, you know, that, that even though we sometimes don't feel God, sometimes we don't see him, right, uh, that he is there with us, even through these trying times.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Jason, what do you think? Um, what can we take away? What, what would be the one thing you would tell people right now that are watching us or that will watch us? about uh jesus his experience fear and the times we're living right now
2: one thing that can definitely take away off the bat is pray Mm. prayer is such a powerful tool not just to help me but it's such a powerful tool to help others Mm. like knowing like i was saying earlier knowing that someone is reading for me in the background praying for me it gives me like a it gives me like, okay, I, I know I could get through this, you know? And then me, myself, praying, telling God how it is that I feel, having someone to express my feelings to, um, it, it, it really helped me. Now, um, like, I don't know. I hope we're reaching a lot of people through this. I hope a lot of people watch this. And um, and uh, um, when it comes to being prepared, that's something we also have to take out of this, being prepared for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a pastor that the, the, i think put it perfectly like when they asked him and um, when they asked him like is jesus real or is he not real? Um, should should we be prepared or should we not be prepared he said look let's just say let's just say um everything this jesus wasn't real jesus isn't coming back for us
0: mm-hmm.
2: i lived a life that was good i lived a life that i helped people i lived a life that had a purpose But that's just, and if I die, I die, but I, but at least I die knowing that I did good. Now, knowing that Jesus is real and I lived a life that was prepared, what's going to happen when I die? I'm going to open up my eyes again and I get to see Jesus. So, what I'm getting, to, what I'm trying to get to is that being prepared is is key. Like, Like, if I believe in Jesus, I have something that no matter what happens to me, no matter if I die, like I'm prepared to die because I know that I'm going to open my eyes and I'm going to see my savior.
0: Yeah.
2: As compared to someone that isn't prepared, they don't know what's going to happen. They're scared of what's going to happen. But if I have Jesus in my life and I prepare, I don't. Uh, that fear is, is going to be pushed away by his love. That fear is going to be covered by his love. And I'll be like, oh, hey, I might be scared to die, but at least I know that once I open up my eyes again, I'm going to open. I'm going to see my creator. I'm going to see my
0: redeemer once again. Right, right, right. I appreciate that, Jason. Um, uh, I, I want to, I want to conclude with this. Uh, but before we do finish, uh, I just want to thank everybody that has been watching us. Uh, all the comments. I, I don't. You guys can't see this, but I can see this. Uh, every single time I look to the side, is because I'm looking at new comments that are coming in. Um, and, uh, you know, I just want to thank everybody. Um, Karina Rosas has been sending uh, different texts. And I, and I want to encourage those who are watching and can see the live chat to look up those Bible verses, because the verses that she's been quoting are very good for what we've been talking about. Um, but I, I want to finish kind of just uh, concluding the story, um, at least for, for what I think is the biggest takeaway. Right uh, After Jesus finished praying the third time, Uh, this is what the Bible says, right? This is verse 45 of Matthew chapter 26. And it says, uh, then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? And, And to me, that is such a powerful question, right? Like, are we still sleeping and resting? And Jesus goes on, right? And he says, behold, the hour is at hand and the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. And this is the part, rise, let us be going right? Rise, let us be going. And, and, I, and I think that's, that's the question and the answer. Are you still sleeping? Are you still resting? No, it's time to get up right now. It's time to rise. It's time to go, right? It is not time to wait. It is not time to be stuck in your fear. We feel these things. We are human, but we got to remember that if God is with us, who or what can be against us? Absolutely nothing. That's the answer. And so it is no longer time to just sit there and just chill and, and pretend like nothing is going on. Time is happening. Things are happening. Prophecies are being fulfilled. It is now the moment to do what Jesus is saying, rise, let us go, rise, let us go. And, and, and so um, we're going to face moments that are going to shake us to our bones, but hold on to that hand, hold on to the hand of God. And, and I think, that no matter what it is that we face if we're holding on it may hurt we may get scratches we may get bruises but god has the last word and so and and, and so you know again and this topic can we can keep going and going there's,
2: and going. So, there's many, so many different, different implications to this
0: absolutely i don't know if we're going to do a fear part three but no. um, <laughs> yeah but i, I do want to just give a quick advice uh, both to the high desert bilingual. Church, as well as the Inland Spanish Church, uh, all those who are watching us and those who are not, um, reach out to us. Um, You can reach out to me at the Inland Spanish uh, YouTube page as well as the Inland Spanish Facebook. If you have my number, reach out to me, reach out to Jason, reach out to Andrew. Let us know if there is a topic that you want us to discuss in the future that you want us to bring, because we want to bring things that are relevant to you. We don't, we don't, I mean, we could bring things that are that we think are interesting. But honestly, we want to make sure that when we talk about scripture, we make it applicable to the lives that we're living right now. And so, um, you know, I just want to make sure that everyone who's watching, again, try to reach out to us. Um, I'm, getting, I'm getting somebody that's saying fear part three, fear part three. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We got to pray about it. We got to pray about it. But um, I do think that we, we need to start getting together, have more of these conversations, bring our minds together, allow the spirit to direct us. And he's going to take us to greater truth. Um, Any last words, guys? Any last words before we finish? Yeah,
2: um, guys. Um, I really hope that you guys do reach out to us. The purpose of all of this, the purpose of us three getting together, is because we're 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 trying to start a project. It's going to be a a YouTube channel. It's going to be a podcast. So we really want to be want it to be things that you guys want to know about, things that bug you, things that you're interested in. If you don't understand something, let us know. Uh, we're going to get down into it. We're going to dig into it. We're going we're gonna to find out what we see. And the thing is, what I like about this is that we're three different guys. Three different guys that bring in three different views and three different aspects, three different answers. So that way, it's not just a bubble of, of, of one person saying their point of view. That way you can get three different points of view and, and really like get to either you choose your point of view from there or you side with one of us that's gonna be up to you. But that's the, 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 I really hope that you guys reach out to us so that we can keep on working on this.
0: Appreciate that, Jason. Uh, last word, uh, Andrew.
1: No, yeah, um, uh, just this avenue has is, is been opened up for us. You know, I, I never would have thought in in, uh, in all my life that I would be doing some, something like this. I'm, for you, Mitchell, I could totally see you doing this, but for as far as me, I, I, I never thought, you know, I, I posted some of my own videos, but like, like Jason said, there's nothing like getting, uh, three three people together with different perspectives right it's not here to show who's right who's wrong but here to just put the, the information and the things that we've learned our experiences out there for for all of you guys to see and we want to we want to kind of just make this a thing where uh, we're transparent right you see who we are right where we have a, a different different positions in the church different places you know, in our in our spiritual walk, we all have different answers, different experiences that we can bring here to the table, and and I think that that's what's uh what what I like about this. You know, we, we sometimes we like we said we don't always agree on certain things, but that's okay. You know, uh, I think that's what the Christian walk is all of, is, is all about, right? As as yeah. iron sharpens iron, right? That's right. Exactly. That's right.
0: And I want to thank both of you. I have fun having uh, conversations with you guys, uh, whether on this on this uh, medium or any other way. Uh, but we do got to wrap it up. Now, before we have the final prayer, um, I just want to uh, remind all those who are interested and especially those from Inland Spanish, uh, in about 20 minutes, we're going to begin another live stream. We're just going from live stream to live stream here. Uh, but this one's going to be in Spanish uh, and it's going to be with uh, psychologist Lisette Ponce de Leon. So I invite you to tune in for that. Uh, we're also going to open it up to questions uh, dealing with he- mental health during these days of quarantine so uh we want to make sure that everybody joins uh but once again thank you for everybody that has been with us today uh let's have a, a, a word of prayer um uh who prayed at the beginning jason andrew you want to lead us at the at the final prayer
1: Hi, let's bow our heads dear lord and heavenly father lord we come to you before again once again just asking that you would continue to be with us through these uh, broadcasts that we have lord through uh, all of our viewers lord asking that you would continue to just be with us lord uh in these times, Lord, of uh, quarantine, Lord, uh, many are uh, have fear, Lord, and we've learned that, you know, even for a Christian who's been going to church all their life, even if Jesus Himself at time had moments of fear, Lord, how much more we? Uh, so how much? So what does that say about how much more we have to cling to You in these times, Lord? I just ask that. Um, that, that, that um, we would continue to uh, just walk with you, Lord, and make this walk relevant and, and practical, Lord, and that you would be in our lives and continue to, uh, to bless this uh, entire ministry. I ask for your presence now in all of our lives. In your name I pray, amen. Amen.
0: Amen. amen. Once again, all of you uh, that have been with us, uh, we pray that you have a blessed rest of this week and Sabbath. Uh, stay safe. Make sure you wash your hands. Uh, and apparently you got to wear the face mask now but we do hope that the Lord preserves you in health and uh, we will be seeing you shortly here again. Um, and, uh, and, and especially with this, uh, with these conversations uh, have a blessed Sabbath and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you uh, another time.